Friends, before we begin, let me invite you to keep up with all the Tracks for the Journey resources by subscribing to the Tracks Express newsletter. Once a week, I send a wide range of helps for well-being directly to your inbox. The Express has inspiration and insights for spirituality, relationships, ecology, emotional health, and yes, recipes for good food. The easiest way to subscribe is on my website, www.tracksforthejourney.com. Thanks for listening today. Welcome to the Tracks for the Journey podcast. I'm Larry Payne, your guide on a path of personal growth in spirit, mind, and body. In this program, I'll be sharing ways to improve your well-being with practical insight and inspiration. We'll follow the tracks made by progressive Christian spirituality, psychology, culture, and science. I've walked this trail for years as a pastor, hospital chaplain, and licensed counselor. On this trail, there's so much for us to learn together. I invite you to lace up your hiking boots today as we explore tracks for your life journey. Let's begin today's journey with a quiz. It's a Jeopardy quiz. And it's going to be easy because the same answer is good for all three questions. Here's the first. The editors of World Almanac selected this statement as one of the top ten most memorable quotes by Americans in the last 100 years. Do you know the answer? Here's a second question. Fred Shapiro, editor of the Yale Book of Quotations, calls it, quote, undoubtedly the most famous prayer in modern times, end quote. How about that answer? I'll give you a third chance. It is in every book published by Alcoholics Anonymous for more than 60 years. What's the answer? Well, it should be, what is the serenity prayer? I know you're aware of those famous words. They go like this. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. That famous prayer is used by millions every day who are in recovery and hangs on thousands of walls as a beautiful plaque. I'd like to dig into the key ideas to discover ways it can provide tracks for our life journey. It's packed with so much truth that I want to spend three sessions digging through it. Today, we'll consider the first praise, and in segments later, we'll deal with the rest. So let's look at this prayer and find out how it connects to your life and to the Bible teachings. The serenity prayer is so famous, we might think it comes from the Bible. But where did this prayer originate? The prayer is traced to a well-known preacher and theologian, Reinhold Niebuhr, an extraordinary Lutheran pastor, professor, and social activist in the mid-20th century. He led the efforts to bring faith into the political and social arena. His most notable work was called Christian Realism, which offered an ethic of social engagement to Christians in the midst of war and social upheaval. 
His teachings tried to find a practical balance between the ideals of Christian ethics and the evils of an unjust world during the 1940s, when it seemed like all the demons of hell had been loosed on the world in revolutions, wars, genocides, and economic depression. Niebuhr composed or adapted the prayer and began to use it in his lectures and sermons during that tumultuous mid-century period. His preferred version is a little different than the one we know today. The one he liked to pray in his lectures went like this. God, give us the grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things that should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. In the first phrase that we're looking at today, we're challenged to, quote, accept with serenity the things which cannot be changed, end quote. Now that's a showstopper. When we really think about it, the idea of being powerless and unable to change things galls us just a bit. We don't like to be told that there are things in this world that we can't change. We want to be king of our world. We want to have the power to command everything. The army has a motto. The difficult we do immediately, the impossible takes a little longer. And that's the way mankind has lived. We've rebuilt the earth, conquered the skies and space, tunneled under the mountains, abolished some diseases, and lifted the quality of life for billions. Surely, the past 500 years have proven Niebuhr's prayer as unneeded. But let's wait just for a minute. We're in the midst of a COVID-19 pandemic. Thousands are dying every day, and we've discovered something even before this hit. In our life experiences, there is a cruel blow. We discover there are lots of things we can't change. We can try until our souls and minds are bruised and exhausted. Then finally, we must admit, we're whipped. So let's be real and wise. Let's understand the wisdom of Niebuhr's prayer and ask, what are the things we cannot change? Let's take a break and then we'll consider those important ideas. I'm glad you've joined me on our episode of Tracks for the Journey. Today we're examining the famous Serenity Prayer and we're looking at the very first words of that prayer. They are so intriguing. God, give me the wisdom to accept with serenity the things I cannot change. Acceptance is important when life presents some immovable objects. What are some of those? Let me suggest four of them that we have to deal with on a daily basis. We can't change the past is the first one. The rushing river of time removes instantly our ability to change the word just spoken the button just pushed, the arrow just shot, or the judgment just rendered. It is done. And real life has no rewind buttons. Time flows like a great river past us, and we cannot stop it. But a lot of the times, we agonize over the past, saying, What if? I should have. If only I would have. You've expressed those things just like I have. We moan about what happened. We punish ourselves and churn our stomach acids, wishing the past could have been different. The Bible presents us the story of David, the great king of Israel. 
and one of his prayers. He said, For I know my transgressions, and my sins are always before me. That's the prayer of a man looking back, wishing he could change the past. Maybe like you, there are just a few times I look back on what I did. I own a few shares in the stock market. One company that I owned built cars. The stock price went up and down, and I decided to sell when it reached a plateau and it seemed stuck. The next day, the price doubled. I look back and wish so much I could change my sell order for sure. We must admit that we're wasting our time to change the past. There's a second thing we can't change, and that is the choices of others. We are surrounded by free human beings who determine for the most part what they want to do and not what we want them to do. Now, I know we try to help them make their choices. We hint, demand, whine, persuade, nag, pressure. How many words do we have in our language that tr describe trying to change the person's actions sitting next to us? Sometimes we do get it done, but the cost is pretty high. There can be anger and resentment that builds when we play those games. What we force someone to do doesn't work out very well. And your spouse or best friend or worst enemy just stay the same, making their own choices. Maybe we should learn that most of the time even God doesn't make people do His choice. Remember the story of Jesus and Judas? Jesus turned to Judas at the Last Supper and said, What you are about to do, do quickly. Jesus permitted Judas to perform the worst act of betrayal in human history. God gives us the privilege of making our choices. And in the same way, I must accept the fact that I cannot control your choice. Let me name a third thing that we cannot change. It is the initial emotional reaction that sweeps across our body after something happens. Emotions arise when we perceive an event, arousing almost instantly many physical changes and brain activities in our nerves and muscles. Most of us know this feeling when fear strikes, because our heart rate accelerates, blood flow increases to large muscles and decreases in our gut, and even our skin changes to create goosebumps and distinct facial expressions. All of our emotions, surprise, anger, love, disgust, sadness, and others happen in nanoseconds across the entire body, and we can't change this response. It's built in from the very first day and true across every culture on the planet. The disciples of Jesus felt that kind of instant reaction when they thought they saw a ghost walking across the sea during a storm at night. Jesus called out to them, Don't be afraid, because he knew they felt real terror. If you're human, you can't change the initial reaction of your body to an event. There's a fourth thing, and a final one that I'll point out today. We can't change the inevitability of death. Every one of the billions who have walked across our planet have faced their own moment with the dark valley of death. I'll be the same, and so are you. 
Now certainly we want to do all that we can to postpone that day by eating right, exercising, doing preventive medical care, and, in the midst of a pandemic, washing our hands. But the day will certainly come when the words of Ecclesiastes are fulfilled. Quote, the silver cord will be severed, and the golden bowl will be broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring, and the wheel broken at the well, and the dust returns to the ground from which it came, and the spirit returns to God who gave it. That's in Ecclesiastes 12. No doctor, medicine, or miracle can change the reality of death. We will breathe our last and settle into the eternal dimension with God. These four unchangeable and immovable experiences are with us every day. They are unalterable realities that go against the grain of our independent heart. They make us frustrated, and we don't like to face those facts. We want to change these realities, and most of us work day after day to accomplish just that goal. Let's admit it. When faced with the past, and we don't like the past, we could turn to drugs or alcohol or just simply deny what happened. When upset with the choices of other people, we can choose to become manipulative, trying to force them to change their action and punishing those who won't allow us to do it. If our emotions erupt, we fight them by pretending they aren't real, or we push them deeper into our minds. As death or disease may come near, we bargain with God or lash out to reject Him for such a fate when we aren't protected from our frailty and mortality. After a break, let's try to find some better answers. Niebuhr's prayer, this serenity prayer, points us down a better path. So stay tuned after the break. During these difficult times in our world, many of us experience anxiety, grief, broken relationships, or sadness. When these get heavy, it's important to reach out for support. And I want you to be aware of a great website that can provide personal care for you. BetterHelp.com provides confidential, online, licensed professional mental health providers to meet all kinds of emotional and relationship concerns. When you subscribe, you'll be matched with a counselor who's trained to meet your needs. You can have this therapy right where you are in the convenience of your home. You can communicate by video conference, email, chat, or phone. And you can use any device, anywhere. Now the cost varies, and you'll have to log on to the website to find out about that. It's been my pleasure to be one of 6,000 licensed professionals on the counseling team. Tens of thousands of clients have said this made a difference for them. I've enjoyed working with over a hundred different people. Don't hesitate today to check out BetterHelp.com. And when you do, use the promo code SHARETHECARE. That's all one word, SHARETHECARE. That will give you one free month on BetterHelp.com. Thanks for joining me on this episode today as we explore the first part of the Serenity Prayer. Reinhold Niebuhr, the pastor and theologian who composed this prayer, lived through one of the most difficult eras in modern history. 
a Lutheran minister and seminary professor for more than 30 years, he spoke honestly about the nature of mankind to choose selfish interests which produced an unjust economic and social order. He courageously opposed the rise of the Nazi regime, communism, but also spoke about unchecked capitalism and racism. He certainly faced what seemed to be the unchangeables. And what did he propose to help us deal with a life like this? His formula is in the prayer itself, quote, God grant me the grace to accept with serenity the things I cannot change. End quote. What does it mean when we accept something? To accept means to embrace the truth and live according to that reality. For instance, when I accept a gift, I receive it as a fact and make it a part of my life. When I accept the charges for a purchase, it means that I confirm the reality of that monetary exchange. And when I accept responsibility for a decision, I commit myself to live in the reality of the consequences. A major school of modern psychological therapy is called acceptance and commitment therapy. I often use it with my clients today. The idea of acceptance in this school of thought is important to well-being. Acceptance here is the willingness to take and hold what life offers without needless defense, even if this involves difficult or negative feelings. Acceptance does not seek to escape, deny, or avoid the feelings, but instead acknowledges and embraces them as they are. For instance, when a loved one dies, we should accept with sadness and mixed feelings without condemning our reaction or thinking we should get over it in just a few weeks. The same thing can happen with these unchangeables that I mentioned a while ago. We should embrace them and live according to their reality. It just makes sense. It's truly a step towards life at its best when we have the grace to accept with serenity the things I cannot change. Let's conclude today's episode on acceptance by applying this to the things I've called the unchangeables. It's encouraging to find that persons of faith have been on this same path. Let's talk about the past. When the Apostle Paul advised his friends at Philippi, he wrote, quote, Forgetting what is behind and straining to what is ahead, I press on towards the goal. End quote. That's precisely the strategy we need about our past. Paul is not advocating living in a state of amnesia, unable to recall the past. He's saying that the spiritual journey must not be hindered by the snares of the past that keep us mired in regret and sorrow. If there was sin, repent and make restitution. If there was failure, then learn from it and adjust to do better. If there was success, give glory to God and then help someone else. We must accept the past as it is and move on. In today's world, embrace today and the new opportunities that we have. Well, what about the unchangeable thing, the choices of others? We must stop using so much effort to manipulate other people and do what we think is best. That's usually a sign that we're caring about ourselves and our interests more than the other person. Remember in the book of Romans, when Paul was talking to the Christians about eating the meat that had been offered to idols, 
If you're not familiar with the Bible, it's kind of a strange story, but it was really a problem in that ancient day. Each of the parties was accusing the other of sin over this ethical dilemma. His bottom line was simply this, quote, Accept one another, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. End quote. In many matters of life, I should accept what you choose, even though I may not agree, and that's a crucial distinction. Acceptance does not mean approval or the compromise of my convictions. It does mean a recognition of my fellow human in all of her nuances and facets of living. Giving the other person grace and toleration, after all, is probably doing the best work possible, because that's what she is doing with me. Well, let's talk about these emotional reactions as being unchangeable. We must accept our emotional reactions as they are, without defense or judgment or denial. You are a genuine human, and you will be provoked to anger, or scared out of your wits, or lust after bodily gratification, and be empty after a loss. That's just the human condition. But those bodily and neural reactions are only the first stage. After that first nanosecond of reaction, you can choose how you will interpret and respond to each event. When you feel sad, you can choose to retreat into bed, or you can go for a meditative stroll. When you're angry, you can choose in a moment whether to scream out or take a deep breath to consider your words. Accepting the power of emotion and channeling the energy for constructive ends is using the mighty power of a crashing wave to surf to the beach with a smile. And so finally, what about the inevitable end of our earthly lives? That's unchangeable, and none of us will escape this world alive. To accept our mortality is not a fatalistic defeat, but a freedom to live in harmony with the plans of God for the day and the cycles of being in this universe. We can choose each day to make meaningful these hours as a gift that God has given and then joyfully expect eternity to extend our pleasures with Him. The Bible says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. That was the Apostle Paul writing from prison. For the believer, the inevitability of death is not a dark curtain that ends the show, but an intermission that brings a second and great act. We do this best by living fully each day of our journey. We accept and embrace the seasons of life now and life eternal when we stand with God. You may remember that earlier in our episode, I said that Reinhold Niebuhr preferred a slightly different version of the prayer. When he prayed it in his lectures, he would say, God, grant me the grace to accept with serenity the things I cannot change. Grace. God's grace is the helping force that makes the way for our stubborn hearts to receive that blessing of serenity. God is present with us now, and we can unlock this grace today as a gift. Seek God, and God's grace will be known. 
You may use meditation or small groups. Perhaps a counselor or minister can assist you. And you can learn the difference between your essential self and those feelings that come and go. There are many doors which open to this place of peace amid the unchangeable facts of human life. God's grace is the pathway to know acceptance today. Perhaps you need to pray this prayer today over some situation in your own life. So let's hear it once more in its entirety. God, give us the grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed, courage to change the things that should be changed, and the wisdom to distinguish the one from the other. In the next episode of Tracks for the Journey, we will plunge into a challenging question. How can we persevere through the hardships of life? We discover help in the New Testament book of Hebrews. I hope you'll make plans to join me for the episode, Where Are You Going? I'm Larry Payne, your podcast host. Tracks for the Journey is produced at Bright Star Studio on the high plains of West Texas, all rights reserved. Original music is provided by Howard Harper Barnes through Epidemic Music. The podcast is distributed by Buzzsprout. Please visit the Facebook page, Tracks for the Journey, to learn more about what's happening with our show. I welcome you to follow the page or enter the discussions. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to the podcast, share the link with a friend, and rate it wherever you get your podcasts. You can also reach me by email at the address trackspodcast at mail.com. Keep making tracks on your journey to well-being.